Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. In the Old Testament, God dwelt among His people in the tabernacle and later in the temple. The tabernacle was the place that God and man could meet, and in this meeting place, God found His delight, His enjoyment. The New Testament begins with this expression in John chapter 1, and the Word became flesh and tabernacled among us. Of course, we all realize now that this refers to Christ in His incarnation, but the deeper realization is that Christ became the tabernacle, the house, the very place where God and man could meet and eventually mutually enjoy one another. The book of Psalms unveils this same lovely portrait of the enjoyment of both God and man in the house of God, as we will see in today's program. And to help bring us there, Bob Danker has joined us. And Bob, we have the enjoyment of God in the house of God today. Tremendous and very sweet, Chris. You know, when we use this word enjoyment related to God, I think this may be a new thought to many people. You know, we have the thought that God is sort of distant. Yeah. He dwells in heaven, far away from us, and uh, one day we'll go there to be with him. But actually, if we read the whole Bible, we see God's delight is not to remain far away from man, far away from his beloved people. His delight is to come to the earth to be among his people so that he can enjoy them and they can enjoy him. God is a God who seeks the enjoyment of his people and who desires to have a mutual enjoyment with his people. In order to do that, of course, God must come to us right. to be with us and eventually, according to the New Testament, even to be in us. So in the Psalms, in the first part of the Psalms, we see the enjoyment of Christ. But this enjoyment of Christ brings us into another state of enjoyment, and that is the enjoyment of God in his house. Bob, we're coming to a section, uh, actually today's program is not on a particular Psalm per se. It is on this principle, this uh, line that we see increasingly now developed through the Psalms. But we've just enjoyed Psalm 23 recently, and that's one of the classic Psalms, of course, that I think uh, many are familiar with. The way it ends, verse 6, surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of Jehovah for the length of my days. I think many Christians even sing this Psalm. It really is ushering us into this thought, isn't it, Bob, that a higher enjoyment awaits us in the house of God. That's right. When we experience the Lord as our shepherd, ultimately he leads us into the enjoyment of God in the house of God. And I appreciate your bringing this matter out, Bob, that uh, even the notion, the idea of God being an enjoyment, uh, I think we as believers, as Christians, are used to the idea that we fear God, that we uh, revere God, we honor God, we uplift God, but do we have this thought, do we enjoy God? And that is what is primarily, it seems, uh, on God's heart related to his house, doesn't it? 
It it is, Chris, and this whole section in the Psalms that we're now entering into really reveals this enjoyment that we can have of our God in his dwelling place. Witness Lee will point out in this first segment today, Bob, that the word enjoyment may not be present exactly in that way in any of these portions in the Psalms, but the thought is definitely there. Of course, we just read 23.6. If you look in Psalm 16, uh, verse 11, it says, you will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. So certainly enjoyment is presented to us in the Psalms, isn't it? Absolutely. All right, let's go to Witness Lee, and then we'll come back to fellowship some more. This is a group from Psalm 25 to Psalm 41. 17 Psalms. The crucial point of this 17 Psalm is uh, the enjoyment of God in God's house. Amen. Uh, have you ever seen this point? In these 17 Psalms, the main point, the major point, crucial point, is to enjoy God. Where? In heavens, on the sea, or in the land, or go down to the deep? Where? In the house of God. In the house of God. Now, you may see where is the word enjoyment, enjoy. I would ask you, in Psalm 2, the psalmist say, kiss him. Kiss him. Kiss the sin. Kiss the sin. It's not kissing a kind of enjoyment. So, from Psalm 2, the enjoyment of Christ started. How excellent is your name? What is this? Enjoyment. In Psalm 8. If you would get into Psalm 16, you will see Psalm 16 is also full of enjoyment. Then Psalm 22. Then nearly all Christians love Psalm 23. The shepherd. Full of enjoyment. Then, you gates, you, the eternal gates, open, because the king of glory is coming. So all these indicate that this Christ is enjoyable. And this enjoyment of Christ leads the psalmist to another enjoyment, the enjoyment of God in the house of God. God himself is enjoyable, and his dwelling place is also enjoyable. Baba, I think for most of us, our initial encounter with the Lord Jesus is certainly filled with enjoyment. We meet him in a personal way, in an intimate way, and uh, we are delighted in him, and we do have a very sweet sense and a very enjoyable uh, initial experience of Christ. But I'd like to talk about this now in the light of the progression in this enjoyment and how the progression inevitably leads us into the house of God as the context for the greater enjoyment of Christ. Yes, this is certainly uh, revealed in the Psalms. In the initial part of the Psalms, what we have is the enjoyment of Christ, beginning from the second Psalm. But then this enjoyment progresses more and more until it brings us, until Christ as our shepherd shepherds us to God's house where we enjoy him in a higher way. And, you know, when God created man, he didn't give Adam a set of commandments. 
He brought him to a garden, a place of pleasure and enjoyment, and he put him in front of the tree of life, which typifies God himself. So what does this indicate? It indicates God wants man to enjoy him Mm -hmm. as his life. And you mentioned this enjoyment that we have when we first receive the Lord. If we remember back to the days of our early Christian life, we just had a sense that the Lord is, as you said, Chris, is so pleasant and sweet and enjoyable to us. But he wants to lead us to a higher stage of enjoyment than just the enjoyment of himself uh, as our Savior. We love the Lord. He's our Savior. He's our Redeemer. He's done so much for us to save us and so forth. But God's heart desire is to have a dwelling place on the earth among his chosen people where the enjoyment of God and his people can reach a higher level, even an ultimate level. And this is progressively revealed throughout the whole Bible. And the Psalms is a kind of miniature of the Bible showing us this progression. So even though we have received Christ and have experienced some enjoyment of him in God's heart, he wants us to have more enjoyment of him and him have more enjoyment of us. And this requires that God would have a dwelling place Mm. built up among his people on the earth. So this brings us to the whole matter of the house of God, a very crucial matter in the entire scriptures. Tremendous. Bob, we heard him mention briefly here, he's talking about this section of Psalms, this group of 17 Psalms from 25 to 41. Let's pick up a verse in Psalm 27 in this group. One thing I have asked from Jehovah, that do I seek, to dwell in the house of Jehovah all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of Jehovah and to inquire in his temple. Really starting to see this development take shape here, aren't we, Bob? We are, Chris. This is marvelous. All right, let's go forward and listen to Witness Lee again and have another chance to come back and talk about it. Read Psalm 27. One thing I ask from God and I seek is, what is this one thing? That is to dwell in the house of God to behold his beauty. A lovable person with a loving dwelling. You have a question to answer. What is the house of God? Where is it? What the number? (laughs) What the state? What the zip code? Right? Well, uh you will see the number. You will see the state. I assure you. You believe me. God is located. The universal God is located in his house. And the address of God is just one word, Christ. Christ is God's location. You don't need to say what number, what direction, west or east. What the number, Christ. What the street, Christ. What the city, Christ. What the area, Christ. You just go, oh God, where are you? And the answer is, I'm in Christ. You just come to Christ, you'll meet God. Every believer can tell us that whomsoever would call Lord Jesus. Right away, he feels God is here. In the Old Testament time, God has his residence 
in the heavens. And God had also a kind of a retreat place among them in Palestine, in the center of Jerusalem. There was a temple. I call that, that was God's retreat place. You know, the rich people, they always have residence and a retreat place. Both God's residence in the heavens and retreat place among them in Jerusalem, they were physical. Yet, when you come to the New Testament, you have firstly Christ as the tabernacle of God, then Christ as the temple of God, then Christ has been enlarged, and the enlarged Christ, which is the church, and this church becomes God's temple. All these are spiritual, not physical. So, where is God? Uh, first he in Christ, falling lay in the church. Bob, I think the scripture itself makes this a uh, compelling case that the enjoyment of God is related to the tabernacle, eventually the temple. I'd like to ask you to touch this phrase he used, that the church is the enlargement of Christ. Now, that may strike uh, some of our listeners as uh, new, perhaps odd, or even questionable. So would you uh, help us with it? Yes, this is a marvelous thought that the church is not a physical thing. It's not a building located on a certain street in a certain area of a town or city. The church is the very enlargement of Christ himself to be God's temple in the New Testament age. We all know that uh, when the Lord Jesus came, he brought God out of heaven to the earth. He was God in human flesh, living on the earth among men. And no doubt his disciples and those who loved him when they were with him, they enjoyed his presence. They didn't understand that much. Right. But they enjoyed. (laughs) And at that time, that was sufficient. But through the Lord's death and resurrection, he has been enlarged, or we could say he's been multiplied. In John chapter 12, he gives us the allegory of a grain of wheat. He says, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Well, Christ is that grain of wheat. Mm. He fell into the ground by being crucified, and he rose up from the dead. And when he resurrected from the dead, he resurrected with many grains. Those many grains are the multiplication and the reproduction of the first grain. They are the many believers of Christ who have become the members of the body of Christ, which is God's house, the church today. So, in reality, the church is not a physical building, nor is it just a collection of human beings. Mm -hmm. It is Christ enlarged through his death and resurrection. Christ multiplied and reproduced in all those who believe in him. So, This is a marvelous vision and marvelous view of what the church is. And this church, according to a number of verses in the New Testament, is God's habitation or God's house in this age. So he identified himself as God's tabernacle right at the beginning uh, of the Gospels. 
of course, the tabernacle then becomes the temple, and ultimately the church is identified as the house. So we see here that this really is a view of the church showing that the church, the body of Christ, is the enlargement of Christ. Yes. I remember when uh, John the Baptist's uh, disciples came to John and asked him why the Lord Jesus was baptizing more. And John's answer was, he must increase, but I must decrease. And that increase is the church. That's right. Exactly. The church is the increase of Christ. It's Christ himself living in and dwelling in all the believers who are the stones. According to Peter's word, Mm -hmm. all of us are living stones to be built up as a spiritual house. This is God's house in the New Testament age. The church, which is composed of Christ and the believers, mingled together, joined together, and living in one another. So the church is really Christ in all his believers. Well, this uh, progression, this enlargement of Christ from the individual grain to the many grains uh, has a further development, and eventually it consummates in the last two chapters in the Bible, Revelation 21 and 22. It says, And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice out of the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will tabernacle with them, and they will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them and be their God. And then in verse 22, And I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God the Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. Amen. Well, let's join Witness Lee as this is uh, really, I think, the capstone in this uh, final portion today. In the ultimate consummation, that new Jerusalem will be God redeemed people to be the tabernacle to God for God to enjoy his redeemed people. There's one side. And that new Jerusalem is also the redeeming triumph God to be the temple to God redeemed people for them to enjoy their redeeming God. Revelation 21, 2 and 3 tell us that we, God redeemed, will be a tabernacle to God. For God to enjoy in us. Then verse 22 says, John was trying to see the temple. He couldn't see the temple. Eventually, the temple will be just the triune God. God and the Lamb that indicate triune God will be the temple to us for us to enjoy our redeeming God. So that new Jerusalem is a mutual dwelling for the mutual enjoyment. That new Jerusalem will be composition composed of God and of us. To God, the new Jerusalem is a tabernacle this way for him to dwell in, to enjoy. And to us, New Jerusalem will be temple, that's God, to us, for us to enjoy him. The enjoyment of the New Jerusalem, partially God's enjoyment, and partially our enjoyment. Have you seen the enjoyment in the New Jerusalem? A river flowing 
which is the river of the living water, clear as crystal. Isn't that enjoyment? Amen. Then, then in the uh, clear crystal water, the tree of life grows and it produces 12 men's fruits. In the New Jerusalem, every man's you have new fruit. Isn't that a kind of enjoyment? Amen. Other enjoyment. A lot of enjoyment there. Okay. That's God's location. Today, God's location in Christ, in the church, in the coming age, God's location will be located in the New Jerusalem. Do you want to see God, to find God, to meet God, to visit God? You better go to New Jerusalem. God is there. And this is all about God's dwelling place. To enjoy God in his house means so much. You must be in Christ. You must be in the church. And you have to be there in the New Jerusalem. Otherwise, you miss God. Bob, you gave us a very uh, good picture early on in the program about how at the very beginning God put man in the garden and what an enjoyable, pleasant place. Interesting, isn't it? At the end of the Bible, we see so many of these elements uh, return, don't they? That's right. In the beginning, we have man before the tree of life with a, a river flowing there in a garden, a very lovely place. At the end of the Bible, we have the New Jerusalem. And the tree of life is within the holy city, the new Jerusalem. And there's a river that flows out from God's throne. No doubt this river is a symbol of God the Spirit himself, who is the living water for all God's people to enjoy by drinking. And the tree of life is there growing along the river. This is Christ as our life and our life supply to fill us with the enjoyment of his fruits all the riches of what he is for eternity. So we will enjoy the river of life and the tree of life. Also, we'll enjoy the light of life. God will shine in the new Jerusalem to such an extent that we will not need the sun or the moon. We will walk in God as our light, and then he will be our temple for us to dwell in. We'll have a dwelling place for eternity, and that dwelling place will be God himself, the redeeming triune God. This is what we can enjoy as a foretaste in the church today. Today we have the foretaste. In that day, we'll have the full taste, the highest, richest enjoyment of God in his house, the new Jerusalem, for eternity. Wow. Interesting uh, that it's a mutual habitation and a place of mutual enjoyment. He pointed out that to God, we are the tabernacle where there is his enjoyment. Uh, to us, he is our temple, where there is our enjoyment. So uh, both God and man find their ultimate satisfaction in this uh, ultimate dwelling place of God. Marvelous. God will be dwelling in us. We'll be his tabernacle. We'll be dwelling in him. He'll be our temple. And we'll enjoy each other mutually for eternity. We have a foretaste of that enjoyment in Christ and in the church today. And interesting also, Bob, you pointed out earlier that there in the garden at the beginning, there were no commandments. The law was not there. We don't see it here either, do we, at the end in the New Jerusalem? Not a trace. So as we've been pointing out through so many of these programs in this life study of the Psalms, when David's line changes and he gets on the line of the law, we recognize the law was given by God, something holy but not really God's ultimate beginning or end. Exactly, Chris. Well, 
This was a marvelous picture today, Bob. I really appreciate your uh, your help with this program and always enjoy it. So uh, come by whenever you can. Yes, we can continue our enjoyment of God in his house. Well, that's our ultimate destiny, isn't it? It certainly is. <laughs> we hope you'll um, contact us about getting these printed life study messages. Uh, one of the hardest things each day as we uh, prepare these programs is to try to uh, select the portions because there is so much that we could say. And uh, so we end up inevitably leaving much that should really be covered and really uh, delved into to get the full enjoyment out of all of these portions of Scripture from uh, now the book of Psalms. So if you get the life study messages, that will be a big help to you. And if you'd like to call us toll-free, we'll tell you how to do that. It's one eight 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 life study Again, that's 888-543-3788. And we hope you'll be with us uh, next time as we continue our life study of the book of Psalms. Bob Danker and Chris Wild. Thank you very much for listening today. The Gospel of John unveils the New Testament reality of the types of Christ conveyed in the Old Testament tabernacle and offerings. The reality of the five main offerings in Leviticus serve as the examples in the first 12 chapters of John, and in chapters 13 through 17, the Gospel of John unveils the New Testament reality of the type of the tabernacle. The fulfillment of the tabernacle and the offerings in the writings of John is now available. Get your copy today by calling 1-800-549-5164.